This time of year, I'm always reminded of one of my favorite chores when I was growing up that I just don't really do much anymore. And that was mowing the lawn. I always loved getting to do it because it was sort of like this, not really actually quiet time, but in a way kind of, you know, it's like the white noise of the lawnmower. But, you know, it's just kind of time to think and process your thoughts. And then at the end, you actually get to see the fruits of your labor. You know, it's like whether you do like a crisscross pattern or back and forth, it just, it can look so nice and it's such a good thing. And yet there was a part of, you know, the taking care of the lawn that I have always despised, and that's the trimming. You know, like, I do not like weed whackers. I think they're difficult to use. And I remember one time uh, when I was at my folks' house growing up, I had gone ahead you know, and took care of the trim. It's part of mowing the lawn. And my dad was not super happy with me because what I decided to do was to make it easier in the future by going ahead and just like eliminating the grass all the way down to the dirt, you know, right around the edge. Because ultimately we didn't want the grass there anyway, right? So it just took it all the way out. He was none too pleased. And the thing is, I used to work for a janitorial landscaping company too. And at the big like Caterpillar and Komatsu facilities in Peoria, it was fine to take it down to the dirt. Nobody really noticed it out there. But at home, apparently, you know, my dad didn't want it all the way down that far. Plus, we Eckert men, we've never been released, like had a lot of upper body strength. So it's like the weed whip anyway. It's like just kind of hard to, to do in the right way. So, so basically, the next time I mowed the lawn, for the next probably month or two, I just didn't do the trim. I mean, you know, if I'm not doing it right by taking it all the way down to the dirt, well, then let's just let it grow, you know? It looks kind of cool as you let the grass just grow up around the edge. And that didn't satisfy my dad either. So, you know, he didn't want it this way, didn't want it that way. Obviously, he wanted it done the right way. And I bring all that up in reference especially to this gospel for this Sunday. You know, you look at the beginning of this, right? And here's our Lord setting off for Jerusalem. I mean, this is kind of towards, uh, it's still in the beginning third of the Gospel of Luke. He's on his way already to his death. When we hear Jerusalem, we need to start thinking about the cross. I mean, he's going there to lay down his life for our sins. And that's why, you know, it sounds so bold here at the beginning of the gospel about the days being fulfilled, him resolutely determined to go to Jerusalem. This isn't just kind of like a fun trip. You know, and so there they are going through Samaria. And what happens? The Samaritans are rude. They won't accept him. And of course, then you have James and John, which I always love because my name is John James. And Jesus nicknamed them Boanerges, which means sons of thunder. So here they are, the Samaritans being rude. And what do James and John want done? Lord, let us call down fire from heaven, right? Like they want to just wipe them out because they were rude. Okay, obviously our Lord here turns and rebukes them. He doesn't go for the taking the grass all the way down to the dirt option. You know, he doesn't just kind of drop the nuclear bomb. He's going to keep going. But at the same time, our Lord isn't into just, you know what, everybody's fine. We're just going to keep going. It's okay. Don't worry about it. No, I mean, look at these next three interchanges with these people. This is challenging stuff. You know, the guy who's saying, I want to go wherever you go. There's almost images there. Once again, James and John. Lord, let us sit at your right and your left. We want to go where you're going. You know, but Jesus says, there are challenges involved. You've got to be detached. You've got to be willing to let go of certain things. And wow, go to the next one. Let me go and bury my father first. 
let the dead bury their dead. And then the next, you know, no one who sets his hand to the plow and looks back is worthy of coming along. Our Lord brings about a lot of challenges. And the thing is, obviously, this isn't in contradiction of the fourth commandment to honor our father and our mother, but things have to be in the right working order. We have to love God above all else. We need to have him at the center of everything and then let everything else fall into place in the right way. Our Lord loves his family. Our Lord loves his mother. And yet, he still sets off for Jerusalem. He's still on his way to the cross. And the thing is, he calls us to do the same thing. Now, the beautiful thing about our faith, too, is when you look at the fact that it's not, he's not, you know, using the nuclear option. And he's not just saying, I'm okay, you're okay. He does challenge us, and he does call us to grow. And the thing that I think is so amazing, too, is when you look at James and John, they want to call down fire from heaven in sort of, like I said, this sort of all-consuming sort of way. Our Lord is the light from heaven. Think about the drive you just drove up on the way to the church today, Lumen Christi Lane, the light of Christ. Yesterday, we had a baptism for a little boy, Brandon, and you know, we got to light the, his candle from the Easter candle the light of Christ. There is fire. There is fire that has come down from heaven, but not to consume and get rid of Brandon, no, but to light him up, to show forth, you know, first of all, to purge and get rid of original sin, and to help him the rest of his life to walk by the light of Christ, to do illumine those shadows, those dark places that need to make sure they go away. We all have them, we all get challenged in certain ways. I mean, just throw out any particular sin. Let's just say today, vanity, right? I'm too concerned about what everybody else thinks. I'm too concerned about, you know, how many thumbs up I get on Facebook. And I know I'm dating myself, so I don't think that's what it's actually called anyway. But, you know, like all the, like how everybody else, you know, uh, how they look at me and what I think of all that. Our Lord wants us to be free from being trapped by just what everyone else thinks. He doesn't want us to be vain. He wants us to be humble. He wants us, as St. Paul told us, to be free. Free to do the right thing. Free to be in love with him and to have him at the center of everything else. And out of that love, to love our neighbors as ourselves. And he will challenge us to do that. He will challenge us in all those little ways. If we have problems with lying, if we have problems with lust, if we have problems with, as St. Paul says, backbiting and tearing each other down, he's going to challenge us. That light of Christ is going to be there. It's not just fire and brimstone from heaven, right? No, he loves us more than that. He loves us enough not to just sort of leave us where we are. Let's say we're trapped in vanity and lying all the time. He's not just going to let you be a vain liar. He wants you to be better than that. But he's not just going to wipe you out either. That's not why he came. And look, he goes first. He's walking along the way, moving towards his crucifixion, moving towards a notice his mother is going to be there at the foot of the cross, but he's not concerned first and foremost for the hardship she'll go through. It's not like, you know, I really want to die on the cross for you, but it's really going to hurt my mom. No, he keeps going. He lays down his life for us, and that's why he's able to say to these folks, you have to follow me first. And he says the same thing to all of us. And remember, in the end, it's for our freedom. It's for our eternal and lasting happiness. Just one example I think I've told you about before, but one that I'm grateful happened to me personally. When I was 
uh, rather young, up until I was in the third grade, we lived in Decatur, Illinois, and we were walking distance to the school. And at that time, back in the 80s, you could actually go home for lunch in school as a second or a third grader. So I used to ride my bike home for lunch. Here's the thing. I didn't like to go back. And I would apparently, I mean, I I was there, but I don't remember exactly. But I would apparently throw a fit. I didn't want to go back to school. I'd cry, all that kind of stuff. My mom would basically put me out in the garage, sit on my bike, and just kind of sit there, and she'd shut the door. Now, apparently, as looking back, she'd look through the crack and, you know, but, but to me at the time, that was so harsh. How dare you put me out in the garage and leave me on my bike, right? But I'd go back to school. The thing is, if she had let me just stay there, I wouldn't have passed the second grade, and if you connect the dots, wouldn't be a priest today, you know? Sometimes there are some difficult challenges that, yes, our Lord is calling us to. Now, notice my mom didn't say, you're not going back to class? Fire from heaven. Wipe you out. No. And it's the same way in our moral life. Praise God. He doesn't just wipe us out. We know we have a limited time. It's like while we're here, while there's still breath in our lungs, he's going to keep challenging us. He's going to keep moving us. He's not just ready to wipe us right out, as we see in his reaction to James and John, but by the light of his love, by the light of Christ, by that true fire from heaven, he wants us to be enlightened. He wants us to be purified. He wants us to be focused on the true and lasting goodness that he gives us, that ultimately we will be free, we will be happy. And not in just a brief way, not like the fireworks we saw on Friday or we'll see on Thursday, but by that very light of Christ that burns forever, that lights up the world, that shows us we have hope beyond sin and death, that purifying fire. And so, this week, ask yourself the question, in what way is he challenging me? Look at your conscience, look at your day-to-day life. What is it in your day-to-day life that you know should probably be different? In what way is he challenging you to maybe let some things go that you need to? Is it resentment? Is it hatred? Is it lying? Is it vanity? I don't know. But ask him for that light in your life to know that he offers us that purifying fire to keep moving forward. Is it a challenge? You bet. But know the fact that first of all, he sets his face firmly towards Jerusalem. He's on his way to die for us and calls us to follow behind, calls us to be with him, calls us to be eternally free. And even though it is a challenge, I promise it is worth it. Praise be Jesus Christ.